Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jumbo, everyone, and thank you, as always, for tuning into Radio Harambe. I am Dave McBride, broadcasting live from the Radio Harambe studios. And joining me over my right shoulder, and he's he like hovers over the studio, the the recording equipment. It's very disturbing, like um, a pharmacist. Which is it kind of like that? Kind of <laughs> makes me feel like I'm in a hostage situation. But other than that, uh, it's Safari Mike. Mike, how are you today? Hey, Dave, Jumbo, how are you? <laughs> good. We wanted to. Uh, we haven't done a new show in quite a while, so we thought it would be a good idea to um, get the news in. And we got some local news, we got world news, and we seem to have quite a bit of it, wouldn't you say? Yeah. So <laughs> Nothing earth-shattering, but yes, quite a bit. So let's get right into it. Okay. Uh, let's do some... We're going we're gonna to do some local news, then we'll go to the world news and come back and do some more local news. And really, the local news that... I, I, it's amazing how many communications I get when baby animals are born at the animal kingdom. How often I am copied on Instagram posts and uh, and uh, Twitter things and stuff like that. People really get excited about this stuff. Mike, I don't even know how to say this. Is it a pita? Yes. It's not a pita. It's not a pita. That is a bread <laughs> that you can get at Sanaa. So tell us about the pita. The oh, hooded which, pita. It's a bird <laughs> that um, was struggling with giving birth to um, or the parents being able to <laughs> being able to raise the uh, the chicks, so they actually pulled them from the nest and are now raising them themselves um, off-site. Now, my... Or off-exhibit, I should say. My limited uh, knowledge of such a conundrum is that a lot of times in captivity, birds don't like to raise their chicks. That can happen. That can definitely happen. I've, I've in various zoo-related documentaries i've often heard about that um do we know if that's the difficulty here or? yeah i mean there's a lot of hand rearing of birds in zoos across the country or right least, you know major zoos that are trying to breed endangered birds such as the hooded pitta um so yeah to to a degree that is that is the that is the case and i i, I mean their instinct is they're in such a limited right place they can't provide for them so they don't want to have the the chicks but Needless to say, uh, in zoos, we have other ways of making that stuff happen. So somebody gets to hand feed a baby bird every two hours. Would you like that job? Um, it's a little bit more complex, I think, than seating people on an Omnimover. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of animal birds... I'm also assuming the person doing it is a little bit more trained than the... Or has different training, I should say. I would hope so. Cast member doing the other thing. But well, go ahead. Uh, uh, more animal births. This is over at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Yet another thing I cannot pronounce. Go for it. Sitatungas. You got it right on the nose. Hey, Sitatunga. That sounds like a fun name to say. Sitatunga. 
<laughs> Sitatunga. Um, they're antelopes, right? Antelopes who are uh, found mostly in sort of the swampy marsh areas of uh, of Africa, including um, Okavango, which is a big delta. Yeah, in uh, southern Botswana. Yeah, the southern end of Africa. Um, I don't know that I know what this looks like, so I'm going it's to kind Google of a it reddish, as I'm right. Oh yes, I remember seeing these. A reddish antelope. Yep. Medium size, I would say. Yeah, horn kind of. Mm-hmm. Crooked horns. The males are the bigger and more brown. The, the females are a, a more sort of chestnut kind of color. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen them there. That's for, that's for sure. And uh, the biggest of all well, of before the... Before we get to that, yes. there was a late news that I haven't did not add to okay, the go list. Ahead. It's of babies. Is Another giraffe was born at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Gemma was born. There, Gemma? So keep waiting for one to get named Rody. <laughs> so there's uh, there's that baby news as well. But go ahead. You were where where say, was that? The Lodge? The Lodge, yeah. That's why I brought cool. it up now. Um, okay, and finally in the baby news world, and probably the biggest one, right. we have Sumatran tigers mm-hmm. have uh, finally uh, baby cubs. Sumatran tigers. Now, we talked about a lot about this in the past and um, what it means for the species survival of a tiger that is... Um, Actually endangered, as opposed to the previous tigers, correct? Right. Um, that were there were the previous tigers weren't even technically a subspecies. Right. They were quote unquote Asian tigers, meaning they were kind of a hodgepodge, a mix, a mutt, if you if you will. Zoo tigers. Yes, basically, essentially, um, which is fascinating in its own right. But the Sumatran tigers were brought in um, not long ago, and this was really the whole purpose of bringing them in. They wanted to take part in the species survival plan for the Sumatran tigers. Um, and now we've got a male and a female. Um, the question I always get, and I'm, I'm Mike, I can only imagine you've received this question too, is mm-hmm. I'm going to be there at X time of the year. Do you right. think the Cubs will be out? Right. <laughs> so talk a little bit about now for our uh, listeners when we think these Cubs might be out. because After the new year. Yeah, because it takes time. It takes time. I mean, they've only just started to open up their eyes and right. walk around. Um, you know, for the first six weeks or so, they're basically blind. Um, I was told by a cast member that they were being that they were being told early 2018 they were hopeful that it would be, the babies would be out for the holiday, you know, week rush sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the recent blog posts on the Disney Parks blog suggested they were yes, still yeah, quote unquote several months away. <laughs> That's what I heard too. So yeah. I would imagine that if you're going to be there in February you should be fine. If you're going to be there Thanksgiving don't count on it. I think that's basically what we're talking so about. So the basic fascinating um, evolutionary thing that happens here is that um, prey animals are basically born able to fend for themselves oh, they have to be. almost immediately when right. predators are almost the opposite. Right. Uh, they come out helpless, kind of like a human baby or a puppy, a dog puppy. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have with tigers here, too. So it takes days for them to even, you know, weeks for them to even have their eyes open. Right. Um, you know, where they have to be constantly monitored and constantly cared for and all this kind of thing. It's, you know, obviously that doesn't happen in the wild to the extent that it happens here in the zoo. Uh, but the zoo is going to do everything they possibly can to ensure that these cubs are going to be fine. Um, and they're just, I mean, it's going to its gonna be a showstopper when they come out because they are incredibly cute. Sure. And <laughs> I would i would imagine that they would not be out full days when they start, right. first start coming out. It would be periodic times. 
times. So, you know, we'll you're going to end up having to get that. lucky either yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, you might have set times that they'll be out. I don't know, nine to noon, or you know, maybe they come out in the afternoon. Who knows? But um, you know, I I would expect only a few hours at a time, at least at the beginning. So let's go to the world news now oh, that we've right. gotten the baby news out of the way. Okay. Well, let's start with um, Dave. This one I you don't have on your list of things I was going to talk about, so I've, I've right. I don't read the list anyway. Um, Disney recently announced the uh, narrator list for the um, Candlelight Processional. Um, oh, you know, it's just some usual names, the usual cast of characters like Whoopi Goldberg, Neil Patrick Harris, of course. I mean, okay. he couldn't not do it. Some newbies, though. Yeah, uh, Warwick Davis is doing it for the first time. Pat Sajak really? is doing it for the first time. And this Wayne was... The Pat mo- Sajak? Yes. Wow. Well, what else is he going to do? Uh, nothing. This is really Here's, it. But I'm the, surprised uh, he hasn't done it before. Maybe the most interesting of the new names, Kurt Russell is doing it this year. Really? Which I found interesting. December 9th to the 11th. Wyatt Earp. So, exactly. Well, I mean, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy too, but... Yeah, but he's always Wyatt Earp to me. <laughs> Just like Val Kilmer's always Doc Holliday to me. <laughs> Um, we're recording this on October 14th, so yesterday, October 13th, was... Was the first candlelight processional? No. Oh. oh I moved on to the next topic. Oh, okay. It didn't surprise me if that Social was it. Social media was all the all the buzz with mm. the announcement that Disney is allowing dogs to stay at four <laughs> separate Disney hotels. They are. Um, and they're basically one in each range of uh, price range, I should say. Uh, the Art of Animation, uh, Port Orleans Riverside, uh, the Fort Wilder- the cabins at Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground, as well as the Yacht Club is going to get them. Um, That's incredible. You'll be able to bring up to two dogs in your room. Wow. Uh, it's going to cost you $50 a day extra. Not 75 unusual. Not unusual. Yep, not so, unusual. 75 at the Yacht Club. There are designated areas where you can walk the dogs. When you check in, you'll be given a, I forget what they called it, but some sort of the reference to Pluto, a welcome thing or whatever. You get a bowl, a mat. You get Aww, some, isn't that cute? You know, cute. bags to uh, cool. clean up after the dogs, that All kind of right. thing. All right. There you go. That's a step. If your dog makes noise when you're not there, yeah. um, this was, there were two complaints I saw <laughs> on Twitter for the most part. Number one is, I don't want to hear dog barking when I'm trying to you know rest at the resort. Tough. And number two is, uh, what if I'm allergic? Tell the tell the people when you're checking in. Number one is, um, if there is a complaint about your dog making a noise, mm-hmm. and um, you will be contacted within 30 minutes to come take care of it. Okay. So if you are at the Magic Kingdom and online for Peter Pan's flight, and you get a call from guest services at your at the yacht club saying. You know, Fido's making a lot of noise. You got to come here and do something. You got to do something. So you be aware of that. If your dog tends to bark or make a lot of noise when you're not home, okay, uh, that could be an issue. Number two is with regards to the allergy thing. As far as I can tell, they are not designating certain areas no. for nope. dogs, nope. which I find somewhat ludicrous because they don't clean the room well enough. For, you know, if you had a dog there and then somebody's coming in afterwards, all the dander and stuff, they don't they don't shamp- deep shampoo everything. They you don't, don't have to deep shampoo to get hair dander out. I respectfully disagree. That you if, don't. If, ha- what, hair what dander. They do is, is not going to be enough. Okay. They should have a designated area for this. Okay. 
a couple of things. I, I am, a, as, as you've probably heard on previous shows, <laughs> I, I myself am a dog owner. I'm a multi-dog owner. Um, you know, who's not making the cut for your next Disney trip? That's first of all, well, they're never they're <laughs> never going to come for, with me. For the listeners, he's got three. First of all, um, almost every person has stayed in a dog-friendly hotel and didn't know it. There are very few hotels anymore that have bans on dogs because there are so many service dogs there sure. now. I right. mean, the service dog industry and has just quadrupled in recent years. I mean, you just Probably have... more than that. Yeah. I mean, there's just more service dogs. And you see them on planes. You see them in, all over the place. That I mean, that just simply wasn't the case, you know... 20 years ago sure. um, it is now. So hotels simply don't have bans on these things. Um, you just don't know it because they don't make a big deal about it. Uh, everything that they're, this Mike just read about what the hotels do um, is what their standard operating procedure. They tell you if your dog's making noise when you're not there, we're calling you. Um, that's just what you do. It's not, that's, that's, it's always the case. Now, I've never particularly had this issue with with a dog, mm-hmm. um, uh, as far as getting called, um, but that's what everybody does. So that's not unusual. That's just the, anybody who's bringing a dog to a hotel and has done it in the past will know that that's what expected of them. Same with the designated walking area and all that kind of stuff. Right. I, I like the whole little Pluto welcome thing. That's something they don't do anywhere. Pluto's else. welcome kit. Um, so my point of all that is. Um, most people, now I can't say all, but most people are not allergic to dogs or their shedding. They're allergic to their dander, right. which is dandruff. You have it on your head, too. You're probably allergic to more than just dog dander. You're probably, if you have that allergy, you're probably allergic to cat dander. You may be allergic to people dander. Mm, um, some people are allergic to just dogs, not cats. Sure. Some are, but very few. Um it's true, Mike. It's very okay. few. Right. Uh, because we had to do this with my wife. So we had to do all this research and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, it's there. Okay. Um, change the change the uh, sheets, the linens, vacuum the floor, do your general dusting in and around the area. And that's as clean as any hotel room has ever been of dog dander that you have ever been in in your entire life. Because... Dog-friendly hotels in other places don't deep clean the rugs no, for the ma- thing. And you don't know you're going in a dog-friendly hotel. And I'll give you a great example for why I say this. Because my wife was down in New Orleans right after the hurricane in Florida. Right? There's so many this year. I can't remember which one's with Irma. It's Florida. I think it was Irma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And New Orleans was just flooded with Floridian refugees, essentially. And all these high-end hotels, all, she said, everyone that she walked into for a conference, she was there for conferences, she stayed in one, and the conference was in the other, just dogs everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere. And you would never see a dog if you weren't there, you know, at this time, but hotels in general aren't adverse to having dogs. Other animals, yes, but dogs, they live with so because- I can't bring my pedocopy. Don't bring your pedocopy. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I, I just I for people whose hair was set on fire by this, welcome to the world. I mean, this is what most hotels do. I mean, if they you you know some some most some hotels may have designated areas. Very few anymore. Very few. Yeah, I'm not sure how true that. That is. used to be in the old days. That used to be the case. Um, 
and but and maybe a few of the higher end hotels will have a, a floor right um, that will be for that but that doesn't mean that they're not going to put you on that floor if you don't have a dog it doesn't mean they're gonna not going to put you in that room if you don't have a dog. No, but if you knew that there was a dog-friendly room, you would tell them, listen, my, I'm severely allergic. But nobody knows that. No, I'm t- what do you mean nobody knows nobody that? Nobody knows that. You don't, they, they, you don't walk into a hotel and the person in the front of the hotel, the dog-friendly, goes in their little computer and puts your name in and goes, oh, are you, are you okay with being on no, the no, dog no, floor? The, the, nobody does that. I'm saying the guests themselves would ha- say, can say, by the way, I'm very allergic to dogs. You know keep me away from the dog areas or something like that again mike what 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 would normally happen is you would go up to your room and if you heard a dog bark you would call up and say i'm allergic to dogs i can't be next to the dog my point of all this is uh as usual with the twitter world in in (laughs) disney we uh overreacted ever so slightly what is the next story (laughs) the baseline tap and grill opened at disney's hollywood studios alongside the new grand avenue area okay new barn lounge right the it's the style is the industrial buzz of modern day downtown la um you have a bunch of like homages to different areas like for example there's a a little brick building that was once home to the Figaro Printing Company, which has a relationship to, with Disney Studios way mm-hmm. back when. Mm-hmm. Um, it serves different beers from California only. Um, Interesting. There was, there was about eight, I think, on the list, and you can get There's flights. a lot of breweries in California. They, they don't have a lot of food. They have a pretzel deal and a charcuterie plate, but other than that, you're not really looking for food there. Charcuterie. Yeah, they probably need to expand their menu, food menu a little bit. But it looks very nice, and it's well, opened uh, that area now over at Hollywood Studios. Finally, a limited, some wall a limited, has come down. A limited food menu would let them blend in perfectly with the rest of the Hollywood Studios. <laughs> uh, Dave, we'll move on. Yeah, yeah. The old Stitches Great Escape attraction, which of course is now only open during the very busy times of the year, so I guess it probably opened the week of Christmas. Right. Well, it is now the pre-show area will now be a Stitch. Uh, meet and greet. Cool. Meet the lovable Stitch. My the, son loves Stitch. I love Stitch. Stitch is great. But um, the attraction was terrible, but that's neither here nor there. I liked it. You like Stitch's Great Escape? I didn't have any problem with it. What eh. was wrong with it? Yeah, it was kind of lame. I mean, it's fine. It's just as good as the Monsters, Inc. one. I think Monsters, Inc. is funnier. I like that better. Well, I don't think Stitch's was supposed to be laugh out loud funny. I don't go into either one of them anymore. Let's be honest. No, no, no. no I'm not. I'm not saying that. But I, I, I thought Monsters Inc. did what it was supposed to do a little bit better than Stitch's Greatest well, Game. Maybe, but I think the Stitch suffered from the fact that the one before it is one of those legendary things that and that people loved. And, interesting, you brought that up. Yeah. The name of the meet and greet is called the Alien Encounter Character Greeting. Cool. Stitch. So it's a little uh, reference to the old little attraction homage, that you were referring to. as you like to say. Yeah. Yes. I already used it once in this Yeah, for, the, for for those of you young whippersnappers listening, and there's a lot of people whose frame of reference doesn't go back this far, let's be honest. <laughs> um, before, in that spot, now that spot was originally Mission to the Moon and then Mission to Mars. Right. Um, and I used to love those. And they all had that stadium seating kind of. All had the same, oh, the same yeah. exact building. Right. They've, they've just updated the hardware and some of the seats and things right. like that, but it was very, very similar. Um, and those were... 
in hindsight, really kind of boring. But I, I like them because I was a kid and it was fun. But uh, this, the one that came after the Mission to Mars thing was kind of dated. And it was dated for a while. Yep. Uh, they added, they got George Lucas in, I think, mm-hmm. to help them. Was it? Lucas or was it somebody else? I think it was Lucas. Okay. George Lucas, and I'll, I'll look it up as I'm talking, uh, in to help them design what can only be phrased as sort of a horror movie. Like a science fiction yeah. horror thing. How would you explain it, Mike? I mean... <laughs> well, you sat there, you were buckled in, and they were supposed to beam this little cute little alien into the middle of the room so you could see new technology of teleportation and they inadvertently um uh beam in a horrific very similar to alien mon you know the monster in al- the alien movies who then proceeded to get loose and shenanigans pursued and there was screaming and blood splurting on you and all this kind of stuff and most kids screamed in terror and many adults it looked like the movie alien Yep, but it was not that. No, no, no. It wasn't. Yeah. It was not that. But it really had that feel. Clearly, oh, if yeah. they had put this in Disney's Hollywood Studios, it would have been. You know, they would have gotten the rights to the to the thing and just made it alien. But right, because the monster itself was very alien esque. Right, and it was it was really cool. It was frightening. Let's it was be frightening. honest. Yeah, it, it was, was frightening. downright frightening. So people uh, complained, and then it got. It got bagged so after a very short amount of time. I always thought, and we may have said this before in the podcast, that if they had put that in Hollywood Studios, instead of the quote-unquote Magic Kingdom, it'd still be there today. Yeah. I agree. And it was open for a long... It was not open for a short amount of time. I don't... No, it wasn't that short. But eight years. Eight, was it eight years? Okay. It was a long... So so then what they did was they basically had the exact same thing, mm-hmm. but they put Stitch in as the alien to make right. it a little and nicer. It, Stitch deserves better than that, I think. I like Stitch, like you said. I, I mean, yeah, I'm not. I, I know a lot of people hate the Stitch thing. I'm not. I'm not a hater of it. I don't go in it very often, but that's that's, um, that's one on a list of things I don't go in very often there in Tomorrowland nowadays. Yeah, I mean, there are worse attractions. Yeah, like the Beauty and the Beast stage show. Sure. Um, you know, there's a couple of others. It's yeah. it's, but it's not. I don't really care for it. The Stitch attraction. Yeah. What's next? Okay. Let's go to, um, speaking of movies, we will move to Coco. I think you know what that is, Dave. It is a Pixar film. And it's coming out soon. And at Mexico, they are putting up in the front pavilion there, you know, where they have like the artwork and stuff. I know. They're having a new exhibit that is sharing the culture of Dia de Mortas with Epcot guests. And you'll be able to see um, sugar skulls, paper sculptures. The Day of the Dead, Mike. You're going to have to translate that. All right, all right. Um, it's We're a, not all coastal elites who are fluent oh, here in multiple languages. I'm not fluent. In, I'm reading it off a piece of paper. I don't know Spanish at all. Um, the Day of the Dead is a two-day celebration, November 1st and November 2nd. And, uh, you know, there's in Mexico, there's a lot of dancing and everybody puts on skulls and stuff like that. And it right. is the focus of the upcoming Pixar movie, Coco. So uh, cool. they are celebrating there. at, And it's open now. And they are celebrating it now. At uh, the Mexico Pavilion. Right. Also, speaking of Coco, let's move over to Disney's Hollywood Studios. Starting Again? starting on November third, there will be the sneak peek that they love to do over at Hollywood Studios, um, and you'll see some you know some production stills of the movie and some you know graphics and things like that. And you'll also be able to sit there for, I guess, about a fifteen minute 
uh, presentation of uh, Coco, sort of a ex- very extended trailer. They do this often with yeah, new movies a lot of coming films. out. Yeah. Um, frankly, I'm surprised they're not doing it for the new Thor movie coming out a couple of weeks after Coco. They've mm-hmm. decided to do Coco instead. So that starts November 3rd. I don't, I don't think Thor is going to be... Uh... Well, I don't want to prejudge. You don't want to think Thor is going to be what? All that exciting. Oh, I totally disagree. I think we'll this see. Is going we'll to see. Be a we'll huge see. Huge. We'll see. Hit. No, I don't think so. But we'll see. Go ahead. Keep going. Interesting. Interesting. All right, let's move on to Star Wars, Dave. You need Captain America, Mike. You need Captain America. What? Is, well, you have the or Hulk. Iron Man. You need Captain America or Iron Man, or people don't go. To, people are not going to get excited about it. But go ahead. Keep going. People want to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. Didn't have either one of those. I'm, I mean, Avengers type people. The Captain America and Iron Man is what fuels all of the Avengers related films. Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, those are out. Those that, those are different. They're going to be brought in eventually, but they're different properties in my mind. This Thor movie looks fantastic, and the I last think, two were. I agree. We're not great. The first one was fine. First it one was fine. Second one was subpar. Not good, in, especially in comparison to other Marvel. Just not good. Marvel movies. Well, it's watchable, but I mean, it's not. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as good as most of the Marvel movies. The second Thor. Most, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. most. I mean, most. what what's what's worse, Iron Man three? Okay. Iron Man two is also not good. No, neither of the Iron Mans are any good. The, both, uh, both the Iron Man film is great. The next two are just a retelling of the same one. It's the same storyline. It's the same plot line. Sure, but I would probably rather watch Iron Man two than Thor two. I mean, it's probably de- debatable. Probably, but, but other than that, what else? I mean, both Guardian movies are better. Doctor Strange is better. I didn't like Doctor Strange either, but oh, I like Doctor Strange. Mm. I thought that was good. Mm. I mean, it's not phenomenal, but I thought it was good. Mm. Fine. We need a big one. We need it. We need it. We need an Avengers movie. Well, you're getting that in 2018. Even the the second Avengers movie was mm, okay. It was good. It was good. Phenomenal, no, but good. Not phenomenal. No, no. Phenomenal is. I thought Captain America: Civil War was a better Avengers movie than Avengers Two. However, Captain America: Civil War, I, 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 and I get this. People love that film, and 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 I, I've heard like serious, you know, film. Marvel comic book film people gush over Civil War. I liked it. I did not think it was the best Marvel film. There's a lot about it I didn't really like at all, but it had enough going on in it that made you excited about it. Um, I, I really, to me, the the you know the first the first Iron Man movie, the first Avengers movie, those two were terrific. After that, and all the ones that kind of follow those, really. Winter Soldier's the only one that really. I was just gonna say Winter Soldier's got me, in my top three. Like, yeah, like that was the only one after those two films that was just off the hook. Good. The rest of them have all been kind of like, yeah, it's got some good stuff. It's got some bad stuff. A lot of Civil War was really good. Um, I would put Civil War as my probably my fifth. fifth yeah, I would favorite s- behind Avengers, Iron Man one, Winter Soldier, and the first Guardians. I would agree, and then I would probably put the first Captain America before I put in. I would not, but that's, that's Civil War. I, but I just like, yeah, I like the the origin story of Captain America, the way they handle that. I, I like that. Anyway, go ahead. All right, go ahead. I'm moving on to Star Wars. The other we, big. I think there uh, might be more film stuff going on here. The, the other big uh, Disney property tickets are now available for the hyper reality experience Star Wars: Secret of the Empire by ILM and The Void. An offering that will debut at Disney Springs on December 16th, so right around the corner, and at Downtown Disney and Disneyland on January 5, okay. 2018. 
Star Wars Secrets of the Empire will transport guests deep into the Star Wars universe, walking freely and untethered throughout this multi-sensory experience with friends and families. In groups of four, teams will underco go undercover as stormtroopers to capture Imperial intelligence vital to the budding rebellion survival. Um, if you go online, you will be able to see sort of a sneak peek at it. Um, these things are available in 15-minute intervals. I'm not exactly sure how long they'll take. Dave, you want to take a guess as to how much that costs a ticket for this virtual reality experience? Well, I was just in the middle of looking it up, but <laughs> oh, do you see it? I, uh, I, I won't. I'll, I'll say, um, how long is the experience supposed to last? It just says appointments are available in 15-minute intervals. I'm sure it's got to be longer than 15 minutes. But 50 bucks? Yeah, thirty dollars. Yeah. So, uh, for t for ticket information, uh, go to www.thevoid.com. Oh, it is a virtual reality. Yeah, it's virtual reality, yeah, completely yeah. virtual reality. I don't think I'll do that, but okay. Two more quick stories, Dave, cool. for you. Yeah. Uh, as we all know, recently Epcot celebrated its 35th anniversary. Yes. Um, not too much news came out of there except for one thing. The vice president of Epcot confirmed that the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction coming oh, yeah, yeah. will be a roller coaster. Yay! The roller coaster will load guests in the former Universe of Energy attraction, launching guests through a tunnel into a 10-story tall building behind it. They, they're, they're stating that the coaster will be the first-of-its-kind ride system, whatever that means. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, everything but it, is. They say know. that about everything. Yeah. And then you look it up and you realize Six Flags did it. 10 years ago. Or There's a large expansion pad behind the Universe of Energy that has already been cleared and construction has begun. Preliminary construction. And the slow march towards four studio parks continues. <laughs> well, to that end, Dave, yeah. for my last story, we can talk about the person behind the four studio parks. Yeah. Bob Iger has announced, again, that he will be retiring when his contract expires in July oh, 2019. Now, his contract was expiring in the past, and he decided to re-up and add right. a couple of more years. Right, right. I think originally it was going to expire this past July, and he added a couple more years. I'm not sure about that, though. I know his contract expires in July of 2019, and he has said he will not uh, re-up. Um, so maybe we can get somebody who is more of a parks guy than Bob Biger ever was. But we shall see. Well, I would just like to get somebody who's more of a creative guy. Than Bob Iger. So that's always been my my issue with Iger. Is he's, is he, um, you know, and I've made no <laughs> no apologies for this. He's just not a person who supports creativity. He his 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 legacy is going to be buying and cross marketing and all these sure. things. And and he was obviously a person who was a heck of a lot more in, concerned about. Um, investor, you know, stock prices and things like that. Then, then really, either of the two previous CEOs, um, you know, who have made their stamps on the company. When did Eisner start? Eisner started nineties. No, no, no. no. I mean, eighties, mid eighties, like eighty four, something like that. Yeah, I would say. I mean, most Disney fans have only known two CEOs, which is Eisner and Iger. Correct. Unusual for I would think. I mean, that's we're, we're talking like almost thirty five years now. Or by the time he retires, it'll be 35 years with just two people. Yeah, Eisner was 84. Um, it was 84. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. And he went through till uh, when did when did Iger become? Well, he was he was still there when Animal Kingdom opened. 2000. In yeah, I was going to say 2004. So, yeah, something like that. 2003, somewhere along those lines. Um, 
he is uh yeah i mean I, you know again i've he's uh, always a movie guy not a parks guy the p- parks not a parks guy at all nope the parks always played second fiddle to the movies well much worse than that it's not the it, um, to me the, I par- understand. the parks didn't just play second fiddle the parks were the marketing tool sure, part of the marketing for sure. the the movies and so all of the creativity around the parks just got sort of thrown away. He didn't care about any of that. No, didn't care. And at all. instead, doesn't wanted care at all. To, right. Doesn't, doesn't care, care at all. And instead, wanted to, you know. And when he felt that he needed some sort of creative spark, he just went and bought some existing property so he could, you know, like Star Wars or mm. the, or the Muppets or Marvel, Marvel or or Avatar. Got in some sort of you know deal, and uh, you know basically took the creativity of. You know, uh, of Imagineering, out of the picture, sure. Just just took it straight out of the picture. So my hope is that the next person that comes in, um, you know, especially since we're going to get to a uh, story later on about how things are kind of ebbing slightly um, mm-hmm. for for some of Disney's properties. Um, you know, hopefully the next guy understands what the company was built on. You know, and why Eisner and Walt made. Were able to create this juggernaut of a company because uh, they both really did it right. Walt created the company, and then when Eisner took over, it's a lot of people who you know who don't know it. And I recommend reading a book called Disney Wars, um, which is about sort of Eisner's um, tenure that led to some pretty ugly stuff. Like, I mean, right. when Eisner left, it was not a pretty picture. No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> but when he started it was not a pretty picture either and he had a 20 year reign and when he came into this situation i mean the the you know the film the the the, the movie studio was a mess the animation studio was a disaster i mean it was they were a mess i mean the and the company was almost bought and taken over by somebody else right. and and it was eisner who stabilized it and then took it 10 times further and he loved the parks oh yeah he saved the parks you know Absolutely. for all for all you could say for all you know for all the bad things he did to the parks later on, he created what we have now. He created what you are now, he what put, what Disney he, is. You know, you know, He put the go on Hollywood Studios, obviously. Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom, California Adventure. And um, go down your list of hotels. I mean, he was... Well, that the, was his big deal. I mean, for he, those of us who talk about staying in the bubble, you know, this right. is the thing that you like to do now, stay in the bubble... That didn't exist before no, Eisner. Before before, before Eisner, the- right? Before Eisner, there was a, and he had some 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 hiccups along the way. The Swan and the Dolphin were probably not something he's proud yeah. of, um, but he figured it out and he created this destination that just wasn't there before, you know. And and Iger has done almost everything he possibly could to sort of stop all of that. And halt all that, and instead just turn everything into even some of the resorts <laughs> turned into just these fuels for these movies. You know, rooms about the pirates or whoever might be out there at the time. I don't so, necessarily have a problem with certain specific ones that you're mentioning. For example, pirate rooms in no, Caribbean Beach. No, 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 fine. I, it's fine. no, no, no. That's not my point. But I understand. I mean, but yes, I mean, Iger was the, the parks were way down on Iger's priority list. I was always the movie studios, always. Yeah, and I mean, and he spent. He bought Marvel to, for for the movies. He bought Star Wars, not to make a Star Wars land, but to make the money on the movies. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, Imagineering has taken a big hit as far as Star I'm Wars. Star Wars land is a great example. So if you if you took if you were going to create a Star Wars land, um, and you were George, let, let's say you were Lucasfilm 
before and they were not owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. You're creating new movies. You're creating all these things. If you were going to build a theme park based on Star Wars, the idea of building it only based on the most recent films is just something a real curator of that property wouldn't even consider. Like you would base it on multiple things. You know, you you'd bring everything into it. You'd 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 understand what you know that this this property is based on the original films. Right. That's the fuel to all of this. You know, that's the fuel to everything that goes on here. The new films are popular, yes, but. 40 years from now, 50 years from now, I hate to say this because I'm a fan of them. Nobody's going to go back and say, oh, episode seven, that was my all-time favorite movie. I don't know if that's I true. mean, they might a little bit here and there, but that's not what it was based on, right? It was, it, 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 and certainly now you're taking, you're taking Solo out of the picture, Mike. You have no Vader. You got no Solo. You got, I mean, let's see. And Leia's out after this one, obviously. Let's see how they do. I mean, when Rogue One came out, which was a great film. And I really liked it. Um, what was everybody talking about? Vader. Oh, at the end. W- Vader. It's all anybody well, cares. But that's all, so everybody flocked to that film when the trailer showed Vader. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. That. So that's the thing. People want that original well, thing. That's the, what everybody the loves. Most iconic bad guy in a movie ever. Yeah. And so maybe the Wicked, wicked right. Witch of the West, but you know, we're right? Saying exactly. So so, uh, but Iger, no, Iger. He he's going to build this thing as a marketing arm for what films he can make money off of right now. Yeah, and that's what he wants. Absolutely, and whether it ends up being good or bad is immaterial. It's just that's that's the difference between him and even Eisner, who saw a, a property that he could make nothing on in, in Song of the South. Nothing. Right. He can't sell the film. He knew he couldn't sell the film, but he saw it and he thought this would make a neat ride. Why don't you guys do this? Well, I mean, then he also greenlight Expedition Everest. That has nothing to do with anything. Exactly. Oh, uh, uh, besides, besides, I mean, that, we I can go, we can go on and on about things. Mind. Yeah, I mean, there's a million things in his in his tenure. All of Animal Kingdom, for one thing, is all based on pretty much nothing at the time. A couple of, you know, the bugs here and there, sure. but even but that was really Lion it, King probably show. right. The Lion King show and the bugs, uh, and the Pocahontas show was yeah, that's it. But uh, the, but all the big ticket uh, stuff, yes. But all the big ticket stuff in his term was not. Right. You know, so it's, it's you know, ding dong, man. I'm happy to see him go. Can't wait to see the back of Bob Iger. <laughs> Although you never know. Yeah, who knows? I mean, we've the, said this before. Yeah. We'll see if it happens. Although people say he has like real political aspirations, whether it's the governor not of California young, though, Mike. or. He's not young. Well, I mean, I mean he might be. The, he? Uh, well, when he leaves in nineteen, he'll be twenty. He'll be sixty-eight. Okay, so that's still in two thousand and nineteen. Four years younger than our current president. Sure, sure, and sure. Some others. Sure, no, no. But I'm just saying, I wouldn't be also be surprised at sixty-eight if he doesn't just Go retire. Yeah, it could be. You know, because because you know, running for politics is. That's a, not easy. Not easy. It's not easy to do. And the last thing I want to mention on the on the on the world news before we get into the end of the um, uh, the local news was: Did you see the new trailer for? Oh, I was going to bring that up. I did last see the Jedi. new trailer for Star Wars. Star Wars. Yes, it looks good. It does. It does. They they they. 
hint at some things that I don't know if that's actually going to occur. Mm. Um, can we talk about that? I mean, like, like it's Ray, not a spoiler. Yeah, you yeah, know, there's a trailer. Like it's just Ray, a trailer. You know, reaching out to um, to what we think is Kylo Ren. But if you look, if you look at the trailer closely. Clearly, they're in two different rooms because yes, because uh, <laughs> Kylo Ren has like fire or something going on behind him, right? And Ray is in a completely different environment, right? So they are tricking you there. But the real one, I think, is Kylo Ren. You know, there's this. You get the sense that he's about to blow up Mom, and that's how Princess Leia goes. Right, right. That's the big one, I think. Yes. Um. But the the I think that well. You, you know the the, the Ray thing that you discussed there, right. um, which is the for I mean, go see the trailer. I'm not I can't spoil a commercial for you, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna not say these things. It's a darn trailer. You can look it up in two seconds. Right. Um, they hint at Ray and Kylo Ren sort of joining forces, right. like at, at at Ray saying, "I need you to teach me how to do all this," you know. And they hint at um, Luke saying, you, "You know, what we assume is referring to Ray as somebody of unspeakable power, like somebody with a a, mm-hmm. a, a, a power that he has only ever seen once before." Now, is that once before Vader? Is it Kylo Ren? My guess is it's probably he's referring to Vader. Maybe. We guess we'll find out. Um, so my point of all this is they really, if that is not a thread of some consequence in the film, I'd be really surprised. Sure. Because, yes, they're, they're using creative editing, but they're making a point of showing you that those two, there's going to be interaction between those two that may not be just... Violence between each other, right? Oh, well, I mean, and, and it, they're obviously um, sticking sort of to the script. I mean, not the—that's not the same movie, obviously, but s- broadly as the original trilogy. And of course, the second movie in the original trilogy does not go very well for the good guys, right? So I expect at the end of this movie, you'll be like, "Oh no, what's?" Go- I mean, something bad has occurred whether the second act in a three three act play sure. is always that way sure whether yeah. you think ray has turned to the dark side whatever or it Luke's might be. dead or right. whatever um and and apparently the di- director has confirmed that the last jade is in reference to luke right um and also i have heard that you will find out ray's parentage yes this this episode he's also said that the director yes. has said that that you'll find out more about her. I've I said from the beginning that one of my theories, right from the first the first seeing of of the Force Awakens, was that uh, Kylo Ren is a mole. That his that his his plan is not to be the ultimate bad guy. That he is actually going to play Turn the part Snoke, of Vader, Snoke or whatever, and Snoke. be the one to destroy. The, the bad guy like could Vader be, did could be and I, and I have and said he, but he is consciously doing it rather than Vader who had to be told sure. how to do it sure. my feeling is that Kylo Ren is actually taking the steps to do that that he knows he has to sacrifice himself and his family and all this to 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 achieve that I could see that. defeat this guy to, to that end and I, I've I've said this from the watching the first movie as well I am convinced that Poe Dameron is a bad guy Oh really? I'm convinced. Okay, of it. cool. That's a that's a that's a good. Uh, <laughs> well, there's that whole scene where he he's with Finn, and then you don't see him forever, and all of a sudden he pops up. Oh yeah, you know I I got away. It was all right. Yeah, it seemed fishy to me. So you think he's a spy? I do. 
I do. I think that's cool. I don't think you're going to find that out in this movie. I think that'll be the. Well, maybe you will. I don't know. You think he's going to make it through this movie? On my part. What? Think he'll make it through this movie to the third? I don't know. I don't know. See, I kind of feel like he might be the expendable one in the group. But maybe Finn is. I think one of them has to go in this film. That's my feeling. You think one of them has to die? Why? Because. I just feel that that's what has to happen in the second act. Yeah, but. I mean, I'm pretty sure Leia somehow was not going to make it. So I yeah, but that's no surprise to anybody. Well, when they were starting to film the movie, it would have been. Well, yeah, right, right, right. But I, I mean, mean, now Leia, we know. I yeah, Leia's going to have to go. She has to turn it over to somebody we don't know. Who. Uh, okay, so let's finish up the local news and get out of here. Yeah. Uh, new maps, uh, guide maps, uh, breakfast option at Santuli is on there. Santuli, not Santuli. You always add that N. I like that N. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, apparently one of the best breakfasts on property is having had everybody. It. Yeah. Um, I haven't had it either. Um, it's now only available during the busy times of the year. And the uh, the Rainforest Cafe Safari Bar. That's now, on the there maps, now. the maps are on there and all that. Yeah. Cool stuff. Um, changes to the Rivers of Light. The Acolytes. These are the guys who. All dressed up. Do their kind of thing on the yeah. boats mm-hmm. coming in the beginning. Um are now going to walk among the crowd. At the beginning, right. Before right. the show starts. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of cool. I suppose. Uh, and you say they'd be better off having Timon and Baloo. <laughs> God's <laughs> sake. Um, you mentioned the Satuli breakfast already. Yep. Um, uh, starting last week, uh, it's only offered during peak times. So you think that might continue? Um, certainly if it's good, it should. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the uh, Starlight Safari is going to be um, expanded. Yeah, expanded because I guess it's popular and it's expensive, and that's something that they <laughs> that they like to live with. Um, yeah, this is the uh, nighttime safari uh, kind of a, at the lodge. Would, yeah, what would you call it? Like, almost like a private safari. Yeah, you get on a flatbed truck out there with like a handful of people, and you uh, you just drive around. Drive around, and yeah. I think they hand out night vision goggles right. throughout. This is not the one that's in conjunction with the Jico dinner at. Uh, Right, right. You know, and all that kind of stuff. This right. is this is strictly just a. Uh, I think it's like a half hour, forty five minutes safari. Yeah, it looks kind of cool. That's yeah, something I've fine. always wanted to sure, do. Sure, absolutely. Um, and finally, Mike. Yes. Rumors are that Disney is going to announce some layoffs. Um, you keep hearing this. The yeah, test was the yeah, first one. That keep hearing it, it uh, and that um, part of the reason, although we know that ESPN is, you know, a big part, reason, a big of. reason, a big. And ESPN is a big reason behind sort of the losses in the greater Disney company, not necessarily with Walt Disney World. So we're, we're, right. we're referring to ESPN as a, um, you know, in the greater Division company. The company. Yes. Um, but that the opening of Pandora didn't exactly get crowds flooding in from all over the place. And that the rumor, the, the, the assumption always is that it's just, it's just, Moved people, it cannibalizes the yeah. From moved other areas. people from Hollywood Studios to there instead, you know, more often. So and so, if you came, if you and your family came down for five days, you may have only spent one day at the Animal Kingdom. Now you're going to do two, right? Um, or something along those lines, right. and that's really it. In the long run, it doesn't affect Disney's bottom line at all, right? Um, and that's people- the same number of guests yeah. booking trips, right? So we had a big influx of locals coming to see it in the opening. But now that we're a little bit further away from the opening, um, that is. You still have crazy lines case. for Pandora and stuff. 
Right, but it is people who ordinarily... And nobody has booked a trip, apparently, because there is Pandora now. You have crazy lines for Pandora and absolutely nobody anywhere else in the building, in the park. Right, for the first in that hours. First hour. Absolutely. Yeah, in that first hour, which you talked about. Right. Because um, you were there at a time... Uh, the, 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 the two times I was at Pandora, were there, it was both very, very busy. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to gauge. I mean, there's a huge line, but it's kind of busy everywhere right. in, in the summer. But you were there when it wasn't. And you still saw those huge lines, but then you see that that's really the only place that people were. Oh in yeah, the park you could walk on anything else after yeah. that. Which, which, you know, even in the first, you know, an hour into when I was there in the summer, you know, you're you're, you're talking about a 45, 50 minute wait on the Kilimanjaro safaris yeah, no, within a half an hour. Yeah, I mean, like a normal way. It was, the, right. you know, um, but now mm-hmm. it seems like we're going down. So, um. You know, I guess Pandora wasn't the groundbreaking, chart-busting thing. We'll, well see. I mean, I, mean, I, I think, think the story's to, still out. You know, the, sure, the word's I, still out. I think this goes back to what I've always said, and, you know, you're going to yell at me for a second, but again, nobody cares about Avatar. They just don't. They'll say, oh, yeah, I saw that movie. Right. This is pretty. Right. I mean, it's a great land. I mean, we, I, I'm not going to rehash my review of it. Right. If you're there, you're going to love it, but I people who are not who are you know deciding on you know do we go to aruba do we go to california do we go to disney oh disney world has avatar now let's go to disney world that's Mm -hmm. just not happening Mm -hmm. it's just not happening i agree now in two years we have something different when they open up star wars land i think people will be like they got star wars now we gotta go oh i'm that's what i'm gonna do right right i mean i think that's a total a whole different kettle of fish, as right. they say. I mean, I'm a lover of this park, and I didn't make a point of going down for the opening of Pandora. I happened to be there not no, long after. I mean, if after, I was a local, I would have made my way yeah, over sure, the sure, day or sure, whatever. Sure. sure. But locals is not what they want. No, they don't care about it. Yeah, no. I mean, they care about them because they buy tickets to get in, but they buy them at a discount. Sure. They go and buy their uh, merchandise off property. They, you know, they... They, they might they, eat... They might eat there, right? But they want the they want the people coming in. Certainly and, during food and wine, they do. Right? They right. <laughs> they want the people who come in. They buy, buy a hotel, uh, sure. You know, and eat at breakfast, lunch, and dinner on property Absolutely. and the whole thing. That's what they want. Um, and it hasn't shown that. No, just I, I think reshuffled that, people. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, like Mike said, I think that's part of it. And um, I think that uh, you know, I'm not going to uh, rehash this because people. Hated me for it, and that, that's okay. You're allowed to, but uh, I, as I both, as I said, that neither of the rides I thought were all that great. I mean, I thought they were very, very good. Totally disagree, but we. we I thought they to... were very, very good, but I think in the long run, people are going to be like, eh, as far as we're better. You know, I don't think you're going to find I that. Think... I don't think you're going to find that person like we used to read about who rode Expedition Everest like 15 times a day, every day. For six months, you're not going to have a person who does that. In, I think you'll have that for flight. You'll have the flight no. of passage will be what Soren was, where it'll always nah. be crowded or test track. Absolutely, it'll always be crowded because it's it's a bad loader. So store, so Soren and test track. Well, I mean, it's 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 always going to be a very popular Navi River Journey. I I would concede, even though I liked it a lot, it's pretty, it's fun, it's charming, and it's but it's quaint, really. We're it's gonna. Uh, how attraction. about we make a little side bet? Side bet. All right. That I, I certainly will not be on the air for you to hear the end of this bet, but I'll tell I'll bet you, Mike, a beer at the Dawa Bar. In five years' time, that the average line 
for the safari ride will be longer than the average ride for the flights of passage. In five years' time. Average late. R- r- wait time will be even. I'll take that bet. Even or lower I'll at take- flights of passage than at the Kilimanjaro Safaris. That's fine. Okay. Even or lower. That's fine. How do we, how do we figure that out? We just do it. We'll, we'll leave random to, sampling we'll, we'll, of five we'll, or six times. We'll, five <laughs> years from now, which is uh, October fourteenth, twenty twenty two, I guess. Yes, Dave. You have to tweet <laughs> Len Testa and ask him who has the average longer ride wait right. wait time. Okay, you got it. Yep. Okay. Should I put it in my calendar on my phone? Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> All right, so that's it. That's all, it. The, all the news is done. Uh, d- d- feel free to find us on social media. Mike's at uh, Jumbo. Everyone on Twitter, I'm at Radio Harambe. Uh, if you have any questions or concerns and you want to email us directly, do so at JumboEveryone at gmail.com. You can go to JumboEveryone.com, find the links to all the different uh, social media things. And Instagram is at Disney's Animal Kingdom, I believe. And uh, so you can find us there. For Safari Mike, I'm Dave McBride. Quaharini, go well. And thank you for listening to Radio Now, who, 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 who